One of the great things about worshiping at Black Rock is that we do it with people who are at every stage in their walk with Jesus, including the fact that people are welcome at Black Rock who have not yet started following Jesus. And if you have not received God's forgiveness through Jesus, if you have not started this exciting personal relationship with God through Jesus, then you are what the Bible calls lost. And if this applies to you, you probably don't like uh, being called lost. Uh, But if you understood what God means by the word lost and what he means when he calls you lost, you would understand that it is not an insult but the highest compliment you could ever receive. When God calls you lost, God doesn't mean that you're dumb or you can't find your way in this world. When God calls you lost, God means that he loves you so much that he misses you. God means that you are lost to him. You are separated from him and he desperately wants you back home. Uh, In Luke chapter 15, Jesus told three stories in a row that explains what uh, God means when he calls people lost. First, Jesus says that God is like a kind shepherd who finds out that out of his flock of 100 sheep, one lamb is missing. And Jesus says that God is that shepherd who leaves the other 99 and goes on a search for that one missing lamb until he finds it to carry that lost lamb home. Second story, Jesus says that God is like a woman who has a valuable coin, very valuable coin, roll out of her hand onto the floor and roll somewhere where she can't find it. And Jesus says that God is like that woman who throws herself into finding this precious lost coin. God is so passionate about reclaiming your precious soul. And the last story, uh, Jesus says that God is like a father who has a child leave home for a long time. But when the father child, uh, father sees that child off in the distance, the father runs out to that child, embraces that child, and says, celebrate everybody. Celebrate because my child who was lost has been found. So when God in the Bible says that you are lost, it is not an insult. It is the highest compliment you will ever receive. But now let's talk about how lost people become found people. The way that God brings lost people home is by giving them directions. And the way God gives lost people directions directions is by networking through his formerly lost people. Now, can these found people be boastful or proud about giving good directions? No, they're just formerly lost people themselves who are doing the same thing that some other formerly lost person did for them. So as a formerly lost person, let me share with you the directions that will lead you home 
to God. Here they are. First, you need to stop going in the direction that you're going right now. You need to turn around and go the opposite way toward God. And you need to receive God's forgiveness through faith in what Jesus did on the cross for you. So those are the directions. Stop, turn around, and follow God through faith in Jesus. If you are separated from God today, these are the directions that will bring you home to God where you belong. But now let me talk to the found people. Maybe you're one of those who have followed these directions back home to God. Well, God has a word for the formerly lost people today. If you are found, uh, then God wants to speak to you about your networking or about how your networking is not working. If your networking is not working, it is either because you don't know why you need to network or because you don't know how to network. Last time we studied the why question. Today, let's study how to give good directions. God supplies directions to lost people through formerly lost people who share these life-changing directions. Stop, turn around, and follow God through faith in Jesus. As a Christ follower, it is my job. It is your job to learn how to give good directions. So let's study a master of giving good directions to people who are lost. Would you please turn your Bible to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 17, and we'll begin reading at verse 16. Let me just read the uh, first couple of uh, Sentences in uh, Acts chapter 17, beginning at verse 16, and see if you can identify the first principle to giving good directions. While Paul was in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace, day by day, with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, who is this babbler and what is he trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to the meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting? You're bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. So... Here we have the first principle. The first principle to giving good directions is I must make myself available to lost people. I can't give good directions to lost people if I never hang out with anybody who is lost. Uh, I've had the experience of driving around through a neighborhood uh, looking for an address on a sunny afternoon and being lost. I've rolled down my actually I don't have a rolled out anymore. I, I, I've, I put down the uh, uh, the window and uh, 
and I've said to people walking on the uh, street, I've said, hey, could you tell me where such and such an address is? And I've done this kind of thing a lot, I, I, but I've never got on out of my car and walked up to a stranger's door and started knocking on the door and ringing the bell and asking for directions. I would never do that. But I will ask the same person who is out watering their lawn or working on their lawn, what's the difference? The difference is availability. If I am lost, the people I'm going to get directions from are the people who are available. I'm not banging on doors and dragging people out to find my way. If you're going to give good directions, you must make yourself available to lost people. God calls you to be a networker. Uh, so he calls you to get out of your house Get out of your church and get on the street. Uh, that's where Paul was in verse 17. We see that Paul, he left the synagogue and he went to the marketplace day by day, just mingling with those who happened to be there. But Paul didn't just hang out uh, with lost people, waiting for them to ask for directions. Uh, Paul was looking, actively looking for opportunities uh, to talk to people about Jesus and uh, seizing opportunities to give some good direction whenever possible. And just like Paul, making myself available in the marketplace doesn't mean just Showing up uh, and uh, showing up, say, for instance, on my job and waiting for my co-workers to say, Verily, verily, will thou please tell me about the good news? Uh, uh, Paul wasn't passively hanging around. Uh, Paul was actively engaged with the Athenians so that at their own pace, uh, when they started asking questions, Paul was there to uh, give some good directions. Paul didn't force things. He waited for the right opportunity at the right time. Uh, there's a myth out there uh, about being one of God's networkers. The myth is that sharing my faith is forcing God into conversations in an awkward way. No, this is a myth. Uh, if I pray for natural opportunities, God will give me natural opportunities. And if I'm looking for natural opportunities, I'll find them everywhere just waiting for me. Paul had one of those natural opportunities when the Athenians invited him to the Areopagus, which was the local philosopher's club. It was a natural opportunity. He was invited to talk about his experience. And if I'm really listening to the people around me, I will hear many people inviting me to talk about my experience with Jesus in a natural and conversational way. Which leads to the second principle Paul models for us. The second principle to giving good directions is start with where the lost person is and where he or she wants to go. We see Paul demonstrating this principle as we pick up the reading in verse 22. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, 
I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Now, what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. So when Paul had the opportunity to give some spiritual direction, he started with where the Athenians were. He started talking about their idols. Uh, Now, Paul disliked idolatry. Uh, Verse 16 says that Paul was distressed by all the idols. But when he had the chance to give some directions, he started with the lost people and where they were, not where he wished they were. Let's say I'm on Main Street in Trumbull, and someone asks me uh, to directions here to uh, Black Rock Church in Fairfield. What good does it do for me to whine You're in the wrong town, man. You're not even close. I mean, man, if you were in Fairfield or on Black Rock Turnpike, I could point it out to you. But here in Trump, you're too far away. I can't. No. Giving good directions is starting with where the person is and saying, hey, you're on Main Street right now. You need to go to that traffic light. You need to uh, get on the ramp from the Merritt Parkway and so on. Giving good directions means that you always start with where the lost person is starting. And this is why Paul started with an idol. Uh, Not because Paul liked idols. He didn't. Not because this is how he came to Jesus. No, he didn't. Not because this was his canned approach uh, that he memorized. No, it was not. Paul started with an idol because he was starting where the Athenians were starting. Paul knew that this is where the Athenians were starting because he observed them. He asked them good questions, and he listened to them. And if you are going to give good directions, you need to observe the people around you, ask good questions, and listen. When you start telling people uh, about Jesus, before you tell them what you believe... Ask them what they believe and then listen. Listen for where they are and what they really want in life. Observe and ask good questions and you will get good ideas about where they really want to go. And if you really listen, you will find out that where they really want to go is, in fact, to God. That's not my theory. Uh, This is what the Bible teaches right here. Look at verse 26. From one man, this is Paul's uh, giving good directions, from one man God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and their boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So Paul started with where the Athenians were, idolatry. But he gave them good directions designed to take them where they wanted to go. Paul knew that deep down they wanted to know the unknown God. 
Deep down, every lost person wants what a relationship with God and only a relationship with God can give. In fact, uh, this gets to another myth, the myth that most people are hostile to the message of a personal relationship with God. This is a myth. Very, very few people are hostile to the idea of a personal relationship with God. By far, most people will listen to a listener on this topic. The key is to focus on being a listener more than being a talker. If you listen to people and listen to what is behind their words, you will be able to ask good questions. You'll be able to ask good questions like, uh, what are you reading these days? Or um, what, are, what experiences have most shaped your life? Or uh, what have been some of the low points or personal high points in your life? If you ask good questions like these, you'll be able to listen and learn about the people around you. And there is a good chance that some people will turn these same questions around to you. And you'll be able to tell them what you're reading in the words of Jesus and about your high points and your experience of, of how you stopped and turned around and you began to follow Jesus. Many of us never get to answer these good questions because we never get around to asking these kinds of good questions. People are willing to listen to a listener. And when I really listen, I will hear people express their need for God. Just like Paul, I need to observe and question and listen to the people around me and then start with the needs that I hear expressed. When I listen, I hear people saying that they want peace. And contentment. I hear people saying they want freedom from fear and insecurity. I hear people saying that they need to overcome problems and habits and temptations and their overwhelming sense of inadequacy in life. Part of really listening is learning to hear what people are saying behind their words. I have friends who love. Um, describing to me the party scene uh, that they uh, seem to uh, gravitate toward and, uh, and how they can't wait for the weekend uh, to get drunk. But as I've listened, I found that, that it's true that, that getting drunk is uh, really not so much the point. Uh, it's also a way of escaping what they can't really cope with. Uh, they're running from a deep sense of inner guilt or inadequacy. Uh, they are running from a raging anger inside or someone who has hurt them or just their problems in life. There are those who present themselves as a ladies' man or um, the girl who plays the field. Uh, but inside, they're desperately looking for love and approval and acceptance that only God can truly provide. Listen, whenever people express desires that only God can fulfill, they are expressing their desire for God. When people express their 
desires that only God can truly fulfill, they are expressing their desire for God. When people express a desire for unconditional love and forgiveness and power and contentment and security, they're expressing a desire for God because these are the things that only God can truly give. The idea is to start with where the lost person is and where he or she wants to go. But don't use some canned approach or a method you saw somebody else using. You need to be yourself, uh, which leads us to the third principle. The third principle to giving good directions is I must give directions in my own style. Listen to Paul's style as he gave the Athenians some good directions. Verse 29, therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. These words are uh, good for Paul uh, because Paul uh, had a distinct style. Uh, Paul was perhaps the world's most skilled theologian and uh, and teacher. Uh, If you're not, uh, then you shouldn't force yourself into Paul's style. You need to share directions in the style that fits you and who you are. There are many ways, many styles of giving, deriving directions. Uh, Some people have precise knowledge of distances, and they can say things like, all right, what you need to do is go one mile and then uh, go three-tenths of a mile on your, and they give directions like that. Some people use landmarks. Uh, They say things like, uh, go to the, the mobile station, and then you go to this house. I think it has, like, pink flamingos in the front lawn, and look for that. And some people say, Uh, Hey, I'm not busy. Um, I'll I'll just get in my car. You can follow me. So there are different styles of giving good directions. When it comes to lost people, the directions are the same. Stop, turn around, and follow God through faith in Jesus. But the style of giving those good directions should be as unique as your own fingerprint. Um, Let me suggest six styles. Uh, And... One of these styles is uh, the one that ma- matches your personality the most. Uh, but we all need to employ all of these styles and grow in our skill in these styles. The first style is the intellectual style. Uh, this is an academic approach uh, designed to answer a seeker's objections with reasoned defense. The second style is the confrontational style. Uh, This is the direct approach, which really works well with some personalities. It's uh, them saying, uh, hey, your life is a mess, so stop, turn around, and follow Jesus. Don't whine. You know I'm right. Just do it. Then there's the testimonial style. Uh, This is telling your story of how you applied those directions of stop and turning around and following Jesus and how it has changed your life with some specifics. 
Then there is the invitational style. Uh, This is inviting people to follow you, uh, to go to church with you, uh, to read a book, or to invite them to a dinner party where you're going to introduce them to other Christ-following friends. Then there's the sacrificial style. Uh, This is serving people, and it's caring sacrificially uh, for people and loving people such that your reputation as a helper leads people to seek you out for help in the spiritual direction. And then finally, there's the interpersonal style. Uh, This is building friendships of love and trust where Jesus is seen in you and then introduced verbally uh, from you over time. Uh, We must develop skills in all six styles because we need to adopt different styles to adapt to the different circumstances and the different people that we're talking to. But there is a style or two that fits your personality and you need to get busy using your style. Don't waste time wishing that you could have a different style. Get busy using your style to help the lost people around you. But this also brings up a myth. The myth is that I must have all the answers before I can talk to others about Jesus. This is a myth. Uh, There have been times when I have uh, been driving around lost and I have been totally relieved by someone who says uh, something like, uh, listen, I can't answer all your questions, uh, but I know from experience that you're going in the wrong direction. So you need to turn around. Uh, When it comes to giving good directions, you don't need to have all the answers. You just need to have your personal experience with the truth to share. And the style list includes the testimonial style, because there are some people who are really good at this. But the truth is that every Christ follower has a personal story to tell. And you should know your story. Maybe you need to write it down, uh, spend a moment writing it down. You need to be able to share it. You should be able to tell the story of how your sense of need brought you to Jesus and what you've experienced in him. And this leads us to the uh, the last part of Paul's encounter in Athens and the last principle in giving good directions. The fourth principle to giving good directions is direct the lost as close as possible to their spiritual home which, of course, means a relationship with God. Notice the mixed reactions that uh, Paul had to the good directions that he gave. Uh, Verse 32. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. And at that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was a short list. Uh, Paul gave good directions. But not everybody was ready to follow. Paul was the most persuasive person there has ever been. And yet there were some who sneered, uh, some who indicated interest, uh, and a select few who actually became followers and followed Paul's directions home to God through faith in Jesus. Paul only closed the deal uh, with a small fraction of those he spoke to. So none of us should feel like a failure if we don't 
pray a prayer uh, with the people that we give good directions to. I know many believers who get all uptight uh, because they think that a person needs to pray a sinner's prayer uh, in order to become a child of God. And then these believers end up feeling inadequate because uh, they don't know how to get people to uh, pray that prayer. And, uh, and it ends up just being a, a prison for them that keeps them silent. Listen, don't let this intimidate you. Uh, the sinner's prayer is not an absolute necessity. God knows every person's heart, and there is nothing magic about a single prayer. Jesus uh, wants us to share this message, and uh, if we're making sure that we're networking, God has ways of making true believers out of people who have never formally prayed a prayer with us. I have given directions to lost people who have never prayed a prayer, but they are true believers today uh, because they just started following Jesus, which leads to uh, one more destructive myth. The myth is when helping a person follow Jesus, it all depends on me. No, this is a myth for many reasons. First, it does not depend on me because many times I'll just be one link in a long chain of people God will use uh, in the life of a person uh, who needs some good directions. But second, God is uh, the one who does the drawing of people home. God is the one who opens eyes and unstops ears and softens hearts. God is the one who does the convincing and the proving. I can't do that. And I need to make sure that uh, I'm giving good directions uh, to the lost people around me. But the end result does not depend on me. I need to direct lost people as close as possible to their spiritual home. But then I need to just leave the end results to God. And when I live out these four principles of giving good directions, my life as a networker for God is exciting and purpose-filled. 